everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Chat. We are back with more Season 7 episodes for y'all, and we have so much to talk about tonight. Like, so, so, so much. But before we get into everything, let's check in on our co-host, Alan. How are you? Okay, I guess. Great. Um, <laughs> Tiggs, how are you, my beloved? Getting over a cold, but I'm I'm, I'm good. You sound a little bit better. I'm still holding out for you, darling. Oh, praise the Lord for antibiotics, show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, God damn. Um, <laughs> Always. You can't get through one damn intro on this show. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, happy New Year, y'all. I'm doing all right. I'm getting over a cold myself. It is influenza season up in this motherfucker. Yes, it is. I tell you. Yeah. Y'all need to be careful. Ooh, be safe, y'all. Take your vaccine and mm-hmm. whatever you can do, because this is a mess. And wear a damn mask if you have to run any errands. Don't nobody want y'all nasty-ass germs. <laughs> Especially if you're in a high, you know, populous area. Like, be mm-hmm. careful. You don't want to be bumping into six to seven people in one aisle at Walmart and all of a it's sudden over. wonder why you're sick. It's over after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Well, the shit, now you all got me wanting to cough. <laughs> anyway, so yes, we're all fighting for our lives. Um, whew, but Not. Speak- <laughs> okay, Alan. Not the one time he pops out to talk, and that's what it is. Oh, God. Anyway, well, let's talk about a virus that is going to be attacking Port Charles again. Steve Burton is out at Days of Our Lives and has rejoined the cast of General Hospital as Jason Morgan. This was announced during the ABC primetime special General Hospital 60 Years of Stars and Storytelling. And it was kind of like the cliffhanger to the special. So Laura Wright walks out of the door. Kelly Monaco walks out of the door. And they smile at each other. And out walks Steve Burton announcing that exciting things are yet to come. So, Rodrigo, let's go to you. First off, what do you think of Steve Burton leaving Days of Our Lives? So kind of starting there and then returning to Port Charles. Well, I mean, let's not be surprised that this is happening. I mean, I thought the reactions to the news was weird. I'm like, y'all, y'all knew he was coming back to the show when they lifted that mandate. You knew he was coming back. That day to our life state was just a temporary thing until he made his way back to General Hospital. He has said he wants to end his career at General Hospital, not at no days of our lives playing Harris Michaels, who no one gives a fuck about on that show. Let's be honest, no one cares about that character. This is just a holdover to you. Got back to GH. And I'm not mad about it, because I expected this to happen. You know, just this man has been on this show 30 years, and this is not the first time he has left and come back. And I'm thinking this is going to be the last, because nobody wants to see this again, Steve. But I... I'm looking forward to Jason coming back, but what I don't want, and I did make it clear that I would want a Jason back, but all those boulders of rocks that fell on top of him that last time better have hit him, hit him in the noggin so hard that Jason Quarterbase memories come flooding back 
because that's where you want to end your career as playing Jason. You want to make it full circle. You go back to him as Jason Quartermain. You you have Jason Quartermain play the disgust of what he has done for Sonny and Carly all these years, all the sacrifices he's made, and the shootings, and you know what I mean? Like, that's the story you'd want to play. And with the current Quartermains they have now, it would be so great to see how Jason Quartermain plays off now with Tracy and Ned and you know how that affects the dog. That's what affect the whole canvas if you do that. But I don't know. He says he wants to come back as Jason Morgan. But if we're being honest, I think Frank should put that shit out the window and be like, look at Steve. You said you wanted to end your career here. We're going back to Jason Morgan and we're going to play this story and you're going to have to deal with it. And that should be it. But I'm not upset about this. I'm not writing four-page dissertations on Twitter about how this doesn't work or anything like that because I knew he was coming back. So we shouldn't be shocked about it. But So Rodrigo, then with the Days of Our Lives thing, a thought just crossed my mind, and I'm wondering if maybe you have the same thought too. Do you think they'll kill Harris off? I'm thinking, you know. I would. We don't need him back. We don't need him. Yeah. It's killed. <laughs> well, and like Ava I'm Harris are involved. Ava's kind of got a hit on her back if she doesn't follow Clyde's orders with the drug cartel. Yeah. So maybe Harris casualty. He'll become a casualty. Ava going wail and whine, but you know, Tamara Brown going to knock it out of the pocket as best as she does. And and even her character on Day as much as I love Lisa Tabra, it's just like, why are you here too? So if they can fly away, yeah. I know I know GA's got about six thousand five hundred cast members, but you know anything is possible. I don't know. But I I'm not mad at this return. I, I just maybe it's just I am worn out with complaining about the character of Jason Morgan coming in and out and playing the same thing. You can't be 50 plus in that letter jack. I know, uh, what's his name? Steven Nichols does that on days, but that he's been doing that for years. There was no personality change. You're playing a character that went from wearing Cosby sweaters to uh, to doing leather jackets and shoot them up and whatnot. That was fun when they first did that 25 years ago because you were bored playing Jason Quartermain. But the fans, and, I, and I've seen on Twitter, the majority of those fans do not want to see another iteration of Jason Morgan coming back and do the same shit with Sonny and Carl. We do not want to see that. Let's let's do something else with it. In the words uh, of, of Juicy, that's all you can say. Can we come up with something else? with this return. Just come up with something else. I promise you, Frank, Chris, and Dan, Dan, and Chris, the fans will love it. They will love it. But they did not want to see another Jason Morgan retread. Well, and I totally agree with you, Rodrigo. And for me, okay, because you all tried to eat me up on Twitter. You all thought you ate. So, (laughs) my thing, though, is what a lot of people, well, okay, you guys probably know this. I know, like, Candace knows this. Candace Mack, um, many-time guest co-host for our show. I am actually a Jason fan. What? And I did not mind all those years ago when the show revolved around Carly, Sunny, and Jason, and Sam, or Lulu. Like, I didn't mind that. 
I actually loved Jason and Sam that whole first go around. I was very emotional when Jason, you know, died in 2012. Like, I was really upset about that. Um, What does it in for me where I feel no emotional connection to the character is, and this is an issue I have with a lot of characters on soap operas, is they don't grow and change. I'm all for the nostalgia factor. I love seeing Marlena on Days of Our Lives get kidnapped every May sweeps. I love seeing my Nikki Newman take out her bottle on The Young and the Restless and fall off the wagon again. My issue is, is these characters still have to evolve. And I made a post that I find it ludicrous that Jason is approaching 55 years old, thanks to Sorassing, because, you know, the character was born in 1981, but approaching 55 years old because of Sorassing, and he's returning from the dead. And people are like, well, you're saying 55-year-olds don't matter on soap operas! And I'm like, first of all, no. Second of all, it is ludicrous. This is ridiculous. These stories, and I said right here on this podcast, and I will hold tro- uh, true to it. I don't mind soap tropes still. I really don't. I think they make the genre um, as fun as it can be, as dramatic as it can be. And I think they're funny to talk about, um, you know, multiple marriages, baby switches back from the dead. They just have to be a little more inventive. But what's not inventive is a 55-year-old man coming out a pile of rocks. Because my thing is, is like, what what do we do now? Where has Jason been the past two years? What is going to be any different than Carly and Sam ready to shove their faces into his blonde pubes? What's different? What's going to be inventive about Jason Morgan coming back? Because really, honestly, I agree with Rodrigo. The only final story route that seems creative is if we pick up with Jason, here we are two years later, and... He's got amnesia about his Jason Morgan years, but he's back to being Jason Quartermain. That's the only story direction I see. Because what's not going to save this show is riding again on the coattails of Jason Morgan. That's not, I'm sorry, that's not going to save this show. The ratings, like they did last time, will go up for one week. And then if we get the same Jason Morgan stone cold, they're going to go right back down into the toilet. Like, it's ridiculous. Because what I found interesting about the GH60 special is two and a half million people tuned into that special. And GH hasn't seen two and a half million viewers since about 2021. So that tells me that people want the history of a show and they want to see their favorite cast members and they still love General Hospital. It's just people tune out when you give them the same old thing. We and saw FYI, you... FYI, okay. I like the special. I'm sorry. I, lo- I like the special. Okay, we'll get it, babe. <laughs> um, so, when you give us the same things, we tune out. I mean, GH saw an increase in viewers uh, for the first week of 2024 But think about what we got. We got a long-term story coming to an end. We have the passing of uh, Jackie Zeman's Bobby. Like, we're honoring history while also serving soap opera. And 
it's just I don't nobody can sit there and tell me whether you're happy Jason Morgan is back or not that you want the same exact thing from last time, the same exact thing from the time before that, the same exact thing from the time before that. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Nobody can sit there and tell me that. Um, As for Harris. Yeah. Like I said to Rodrigo, I think they'll just kill him off. I really do. Um, I think he'll become a cartel um, victim. Uh, but yeah, uh, Alan, let's go to you. What do you think of Steve leaving days and then rejoining general hospital? Well, Steve's there to fund his retirement. We're just going to get diet goose rioting. We all know it. We're not going to do Jason's porn domain because Steve Burton would throw a fucking fit as they brought all that Cuffin Cosby sweaters out. And we all know it. He's not going to do that shit. Even though it would be a great storyline, it's not going to happen. He's not going to play that because... You know, he's one of those actors that actually gets his fucking way. But it's good for Daisy. He's gone because he's expensive and he's useless. Exactly. And then, Tiggs, what are your thoughts on all of this? I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, once he said he was done at days, it was only a matter of time. And I, I mean, hell, once they lifted, like Rodrigo said, once they lifted that vaccine mandate, I, yeah, it was only a matter of time. And we all know Frank pretty much just gave him Roger Howard's salary. Um, yeah, I'm like y'all. Like it, it, the only way I would really care is if they, you know, let him get his quarterman memories back and maybe gay liaison a fair shot. Other than that, I, I don't care. Like nobody wants to see him, Sonny and Carl. I don't want to see him cleaned up behind Sonny and Carly's messes. I don't want to see him and Sam even remotely trying to make googly eyes at each other. I just, what's the point of Jason? What's the damn point? Like y'all, like you said, Casey, he's 55 years old. I don't want to see him walking around being stone cold, the leather jackets, the black teeth. That shit is played the fuck out. It's played. And like you said, Casey, it's not going to save this damn show. Like I said, who they going to pair him with? I mean, the only good thing that is probably going to finally break up Drew and Carl. Because Drew is in for a rude awakening. Because the minute Jason comes back, they're going to drop his sheep. Carly going to drop him like a hot potato. Mm-hmm. So I hope he knows. You have been nothing but a stand in the last two years. I hope you know that. Uh, yeah, just, it's just <laughs> going to be wash, rinse, repeat. It's like, uh, I. And, it, and like I said, I was saying on Twitter, this last experience should change from the way Nixon Falls changed Sonny. Like, everybody's like, oh, oh Sonny, like, y'all, Sonny is 60 years old with grandchildren. Why do y'all still want him walking around like a 35-year-old chauvinistic pig? Like, a lot of Sonny fans out there don't want the character to evolve, don't want him to grow. And there's a lot of Jason fans who don't want that shit either. And it's like, why, why are you watching this thing? You don't want these characters to change and evolve? Like, everybody, like, this little secret thing came out about the SEC. Everybody, Lois included, I'm, I'm surprised you ain't beating his ass yet. I'm surprised you ain't took it to the pound bearing and shit. Like, what? Like, what? Like, it is not 1998 anymore. You can't keep these characters in the same place they were 25 years ago. 
nobody wants to see that. Well, there, there are some people still, you know, y'all know how some GA fans are. If they can have they wait, it would still be 1997. But, it, child. And I don't trust those morons writing to give us no good return story for Jason. They ain't nothing but the male Gene and Shelley. So we will see. Uh, well, let's talk about Days of Our Lives. So Days of Our Lives kicked off the new year with Holly overdosing as she took some pills from the drug cartel shipment. And Tate has uh, had the blame placed on him. And EJ, who is now the district attorney of Salem, is having him tried as an adult. Um, as Brady and Teresa rush to defend his innocence, so there's a lot going on at Days of Our Lives. Um, we are officially in the strike material now, uh, being written by iconic soap opera head writer, script writer, breakdown writer. She's done it all, Sherry Anderson. Uh, so, Alan, my question to you is, do you think Days of Our Lives has shown improvement uh, with the strike material? I have practice on my mouth, so I'm just, sorry about that. Yeah, but, yeah, it is a bit better. Child, put, uh, girl, girl, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> Sir, so you want, um, Alan, what you doing? Tearing up some hot wings? Alan, no, let's, let's get Alan a second. <laughs> because I was like, no, 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 don't do that. I have crackers in my mouth, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Alan, you started like Crackers in my mouth. Wow, you were tearing that shit up. <laughs> oh my God, that was, I was like, Alan, I can barely hear what the fuck you're saying. I'm like, Talkers in my mouth. Okay. Okay. So anyway, what do you think of Days of Our Lives? <laughs> but yeah, it is more watchable. It's it isn't perfect, but it's more watchable than when it's under long writing. I know there's probably some a lot of elements here that was in the long story, but there's beats being played here that you weren't seeing under Ron because they even mentioned Johnny having Johnny only having one eye. I don't think that ever came up during when Ron was overseeing writing. I'm sure it might, might might get worse because you know who's overseeing this, Albert Lar. So it, there's a very good chance it could go get in the shitter. But for now, it's much more enjoyable. There's history beats being played. There's actual drama. It's an actual umbrella story with a lot of characters. So I'm enjoying that aspect. EJ's coming off as an asshole, but EJ is an asshole. So that's a character. I've just noticed um, as I continue to watch Days that it is a lot more character driven right now. And I feel like Sherry isn't necessarily like changing long story, but she's changing moments in the long story. I feel like like, you know, just to make it breathe a little bit more. I feel like Sherry has really pump the brakes and it's like okay we're doing too much we gotta like slow this down we have to let these characters breathe and really soak in the emotional impact like i was watching um an episode one day where they learned that um the judge had reversed the decision to let tate out on bail and there was like 10 to 15 seconds of just music and reactions and that's very old school days of our lives like 
general hospital, I understand GH has been fast paced for a really long time. Scenes don't really last like a minute and a half even. But sometimes I feel like with GH, I can't absorb the impact of stuff. But like with Days of Our Lives, I have gotten to absorb how these characters really feel. I've gotten to absorb the emotion. Like it is a lot more character driven. Um, and, you know, I really think that people just come off sounding like themselves a little bit more. Like Alan, like you said, EJ is being really harsh right now, but that's the character. Um, and they are throwing it right back in EJ's face. You know, I think it was uh, Brady or Rafe. It was somebody who said, you're doing all of this for Holly. And he goes, my daughter. And somebody was like, step daughter. Like, you know, pump your brakes, bitch. Um, so yeah, the dialogue has been a lot smoother. Um, it feels very old school soap opera. Um, and especially with this overdose story, I feel like this has really started the year off very good. Uh, Jamie Martin Mann is a great actor. I think he's totally believable as Brady and Teresa's son. I think Emily O'Brien is also knocking it out of the park as Teresa finally. Um, Suzanne Rogers and Ariane Zucker had some really beautiful scenes. Um, and then I'm very interested to see where we go in this uh, John revisitation of the pond. There's been lots of Easter eggs. There's been some good flashbacks. Um, and it, it's really interesting. You know, even by revisiting uh, like crazy days of our lives story like the pond, I've noticed that Sherry is deciding not to play this how Ron would. I feel like if this was Ron still writing out this story, it would be very fast. You would get no time to absorb the story. It would be more wacky. And Sherry's like, yeah, this is a wacky story, but how can I make it more realistic, if that makes sense? She's not trying to play it for really a laugh track moment. Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying Days of Our Lives and I'm enjoying General Hospital as they kick off their 2024. Um, but yeah, Days of Our Lives is knocking it out of the park for me. Because um, Ron's a plot driven writer. Oh, su- super plot. Sometimes yeah. you can care for moments, sometimes you don't. And that's why I'm not really excited to see his writing back. Sorry. Exactly. And he had nobody to stop him because, you know, the empire of Days of Our Lives was falling apart last year because of that predator. And so, unlike, you know, with Sherry, it's like Sherry's a very character-driven classic soap opera writer. So even through all the bad stuff that we're going to experience with uh, Albert before we see his last episodes air towards the back half of springtime, at least she can slow it down for now. And it's not terrible, terrible. It's like terrible, good. Um, But yeah, I just, I I don't know. If we're going to get 2017, 2018 Ron when he comes back, then I'll be fine. But if we're going to get just a little bit better than what we had last year, then I'm like, why does he still need to be here then? Like, Okay. Pretty um, awesome regime change right now because these rides have had a job too long. I'm sorry, but so has every single one of them. 
Because Mal, last head writer was actually fired, fired was Mal Young. Yeah. Like all of them need regime changes. Oh, God. Um, Rodrigo, let's go to you. What are your thoughts on Days of Our Lives and Sherry Anderson's material? Uh, I'm happy to be watching again because I... Ooh, the last... From November all the way to the to almost the end of the days was not my show. I didn't recognize this show. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Nothing made sense to me. It That whole Teresa switch... Uh, with Emily O'Brien, I was like, why? Um, Holly and, and Tay, they weren't doing nothing with those two characters. They were born to me until they had this struggle with those storyline, which finally kicked it up. To, now I care about Tay and Holly. Now I care. This is what you that days did so well, is you take the teenage characters, give them the moments so they, they can affect the the rest of the campus. Now you see the Brady's versus, you know, you're going to see the Brady versus the uh, EJ. That's going to pick up real good. And I love, you're going to see Dan Figurigo and Eric Marstoff go head to head. That's going to be a good matchup, those two. You see how it affects the rest of the campus. Maybe Teresa and Nicole going to get bucked with each other. I mean, that that's soap opera. Um and I'm glad that Sherry is the is the writer writing this because she is such a character driven writer. She could take the plot driven mess that Ron left and add character to it, add moments that the viewers care about. Uh, uh, Ariane's good when she sang to Holly. Oh my God! Oh, Zucker. baby, I hate this baby switch storyline. I already told you, I hate that shit, but. This is the type of story you put Nicole in. When her daughter, the one that she fought hard to have, is in peril, and she is about to lose her, and she sings a lullaby, and she is crying. That's what you do. You don't give her more dead babies to worry about. She already has a... Let her worry about Holly. And this is what you do. So I'm looking forward to like where this is going to lead. The babysitter storyline, please, Sherry, just end that too. Just like do a two-for-one. Give Nicole her baby back and then get her in this mess. She can focus more on this mess with Holly and Tay and, and the, the fighting that's going to bring between the families and EJ and keep that going. I'm, I'm very intrigued with this storyline. Um, John in the Pond, I'm like, there's nothing else we can do with John at this point but bring up old shit. That, come on, like it's. Do something else, but I, I don't know. I, I trust maybe Sherry has something up her sleeve with this. Well, I'm thinking, my whole thought process with this is, is I'm thinking that after this story, they might back burner him again and maybe hopefully give him realistic storylines for an 80-year-old. But um, my thought process is, is I think this story is meant to give John all of his memories back from birth to now you know because that's been the whole point of them bringing this up like they did the christmas eve episode and he was like i don't remember any christmases and so yeah i'm thinking yeah this- yeah, yeah maybe yeah that'd be good just give john just 
make it a full ass circle moment for him. Drake will get some good material because when you give the memories bad, they don't. You know how days does their little flash. Oh yeah, hucking and shocking. <laughs> and Drake, Drake plays those moments so well, and like give him his flowers and like give him a good story like this. I would like to see that. I don't want to see him trooping over to damn Switzerland or some shit or what. I don't want to see him and Patch and all them going over there. No, stop it. Uh, I would love to see the return to character-driven stories on Days Again. Like, I know this show is known for the ukubuki, you know, James E. Riley put it on the man with the devil possession, all that stuff. But I would like to see a return to good old 70s, 80s, but make it more modern days of our lives. Like, the way they used to write character-driven family drama. And this is a good start with this overdose storyline, because... This is bringing these families together, and it's, it is drama, and that's what I like to see. Well, and, me. you know, we bring up James E. Riley, and he did a lot of good family character-driven stuff, and he did put the show on the map in an era where it was off the map, you know? Um, there was a reason that he was brought on. But also, you know, who really put Days of Our Lives on the map and saved it from cancellation was Bill Bell, and Bill Bell wrote stories of incest and death and sex and salvation and religion. And I, I would rather days of our lives really return to that. But like you said, Rodrigo updated, I, I get, we love the wacky stuff and I get that, you know, Marlena being possessed had days of our lives being NBC's third most profitable television series. But my issue is, is I think we are in an era of television where people, even younger viewers in their 20s and um, 30s, are craving more realistic and raw drama. People aren't necessarily craving the supernatural stuff anymore. That kind of went out the window. And it will come back, like every TV trend. But that kind of went out the window 15 years ago. Now we're returning to more character-driven stuff. Succession, even comedies like Hacks are a lot more character-driven. Like, there just doesn't seem to be an outlet right now for the wacky Ron having 80-year-old women in heaven. I'm sorry, there's just not. And to me, I would really love for Days of Our Lives to come back to their core values and update it a little bit because the Christmas show was fabulous. We had those great flashbacks of past Horton Christmases and it just felt more like home. And even though wackiness is a days of our lives staple, it doesn't feel like home to me anymore. What feels like home is the Hortons gathering around a Christmas tree. What feels like home is people talking about their life in this Midwestern town. Like, I, I'm i just missing when soap operas weren't as plot-driven, I guess, and I know Days of Our Lives can give us a little more character-drivenness back, hopefully. Um, but Tiggs, let's go to you. What are you thinking of Sherry Anderson's material in the direction of Days? I mean, I, I had a feeling like once, once like Sherry's material started airing, it was going to be a lot better. Like she, she can execute a story better than Ron. 
Like, Ryan didn't have a whole bunch of terrible ideas, just his execution was bad. And like you said, Casey, sometimes it was just whiplash trying to get from plot to plot to plot to plot to plot. It's like, slow it down a little bit. You know, let us absorb and understand why this is happening, why this character is doing this, why this character is reacting this way. Instead of just, okay, let's get it done, let's get it done, let's get it done. And I hope that Ron has saw that, and when he does come back, it's it's better. And he'll have more of a support system when it comes to the higher-ups, because that maniac isn't there anymore. Um, <clears throat> Y'all know I ain't been watching, but I have been keeping up, and I've seen some clips here and there, and, you know, it's it's better than it has been. But we still got a ways to go. Um, Because, yeah, Albert got fired in August, so, yeah, we're probably going to be seeing him, his supervised material until about, what, Easter. So, like, you know, cause they, they go dark so much, too. So that kind of prolongs it also. Um, I'm just looking forward to the summer. I, I, I guess... It's a good thing that we did have the strike because at least Sherry's trying to make sense of the mess Ron was writing. So it won't be as painful the next six months as it could have been. Yeah. I'm going to give it to God. <laughs> I mean, and as painful, I think, is the phrase <laughs> to really use for days. Um but anyway, let's move on to General Hospital. So GH has kicked off the year uh, with the SEC reveal of Nina being the one who turned Carly and Drew into the SEC. It has left her and Sonny in shambles. Sonny also attacked Cyrus in the church after Cyrus revealed that Nina had confessed to him, uh, unbeknownst to her. Willow also laid into Michael and has yet to forgive him for knowing since October that Nina had made that choice. And also, we get to the passing of Bobby Spencer, reflecting Jacqueline Zeman's real-life passing from last year. It has sent Port Charles into an emotional tragedy unlike any other complete with flashbacks and reminiscing about times past and a lot of people such as lucy and bobby wondering how they could have made amends with uh bobby before she left um so yeah oh my goodness general hospital has really been bringing it um in my opinion laura wright Emmy-winning material, so real material, so raw material. Um, I loved everything with her and Elizabeth. Her and Sunny scenes from uh, Tuesday were fabulous. Um, the flashbacks have been wonderful. Felicia and Maxie visiting BJ's uh, gravesite has been wonderful. It's just... Um, they're doing it right over at General Hospital, in my opinion. And I really love the SEC reveal for the most part because they're not doing it how I thought they would. I thought this would really be everybody get your pitchforks for Nina, but it hasn't been. They haven't vilified her as much as I thought they would. Like, they are letting Nina say what she wants to say. And she straight up told Carly, you kept my child for me. You thought that was right. Well, bitch, you actually committed more crime. Like, they're letting her get her lick in. And 
I also love how much this has fallen back on the golden boy that is Michael Corinthos. Um, so yeah, I'm actually kind of enjoying GH. But Rodrigo, let's go to you. Very emotional first two weeks of the year in Port Charles. What are your thoughts on General Hospital? I gotta say, I am been impressed with Chris and Dan coming back to this show. And not only, you know, ending stories, but they get right into the SEC reveal, juxtaposes it with Bobby's death and all those emotions going on. And I'm just like, that is soap opera. That is drama. That's how you do it. And like you said, Kate, I was the SEC reveal, I wasn't mad at it. I was like, okay, let's get this motherfucker out. I liked how it was revealed at the club with Lois. And I love how they use Rena Silver in this too, because Rena Silver has been in that fucking house at the quarter maze for a month and a half. But they finally got her out. She finds out what happened. And this is Lois, pure Lois. She's going to tell Sonny that that's his home, that's her homeboy. You know what I'm saying? That that's something she would do. That was in character. And for that to get revealed with Michael and and uh Willow, Willow getting in on Mike. I love those scenes with Caitlin McMullen and Chad on, on the docks when Willow gave it to Michael and tell him you had no right to do that. And I loved how Michael gave it back with the cancer stuff. I, I mean, like, look. Girl, I kept this for me, but you kept your cancer for me. So, like, so what do we say? So, I, I love that they allowed them to actually duke it out and say what they need to say. And you know, Willow's still on that deck. She has, she is still upset with him, and that's going to affect their marriage moving forward. Because now she's seeing for herself. Oh my God, what did I get myself into? Who am I really married to? This man is willing to play with my life, and. And I, this is the shit I yelled at Nina for. You are doing the same shit. And I'm just like, okay, this is good character-driven material. Then you get to the reveal. I, I enjoy this when Cynthia Watros, oh, Cynthia Watros and Laura Wright going head-to-head at the house. That was some good shit. Good back and forth. You know, you got Drew up in there. You know, I mean, I know there were complaints. You know, Drew getting in Nina's face. Like, if you were a man, da da da. But we have been complaining that Drew has been Mr. Rogers and Tony Robbins rolling to one since he got back on this show. He and, needed no. Uh, he needed to step the fuck back. I he like, needed to step back. But they have been giving at least they're giving Drew a little bit some more balls because I like I don't understand why. He's trying to give everybody advice and be this little cookie cutter guy. And we don't, that's not the character. But anyway, Laura. I did but, love when she said, when she pushed him back and she said, she you committed back. a crime by you the way. You committed a crime. I she love that. Like, you did that, by the way. Give her two cents. And then, it, you know, and then she found out about Bobby. And it, it's just, it was good material there. And then we get to Laura Wright. Laura D. Wright. Oh, Laura Wright. Mama knocked it out of the park. Like, you could tell in those scenes. It's not only just Jackie Zeman, but if anybody don't know, Laura Wright, and she's made this public, she lost two parents. Her, both her parents died within a small time within each other. So I could tell those emotions were coming in those scenes played well, too. It's just, 
when you give her the, we complain that Carly is in every storyline, but this is the story she needs to be. This is where she belongs in the family driven type story where it's about her and her family, her relationship with Bobby and that history between them. And that was played well. And you get to the funeral today. Oh, you, you got Lucas back is, is back in town. You bring back, you know, I love how they are playing Christina Wagner in this as well as Felicia, her emotions, and Fanola Hughes' uh, Anna. Those three go way back. Those are the Gloria Monty grads right there. Um, and it was so great to see. And, you know, spoiler alert, if anybody didn't see today's episode, there's a reporter there that doing a story about Bobby and this human trafficking that she was working on in Amsterdam secretly. And they brought back Bright Brighton Hartford, the original B little BJ, the adult, as the adult, the adult Brighton Hartford is playing this report. And I think that was such a beautiful casting choice to do that. And then tomorrow's episode. Seems like it's going to be she's going. Her character is going to be interviewing all of Bobby's loved ones, and you will get your flashbacks, guarantee. And I know that's people were complaining. Where's the flashback? Where is this? Where you'll get them because Even I think that's they've what, shown a ton of flashbacks already. Like yeah. we literally you'll, had Lucy. This is not going to be a one week funeral, or, people. Like stop saying it's too short. They the the, the fact that they have devoting this time. It, at least it's the whole week with Bobby and you go and you create a new story with Felicia and Carly going to Amsterdam together. You bring up her, you know, it's, it's human trafficking and what Bobby went through. And I'm so glad they kept it real. What Bobby went through as a teenager with Ruby, Ruby pimped her out a 15 year old pimped her out. I mean, it's, it is what it was. They didn't call it back then. And I like that the dialogue told you that's not what it was back then. But Bobby went through him. It was trafficking. You were in a brothel as a teenager. You couldn't take care of Carly because you were in the brothel. You know what I mean? So it's, I love that they're doing that. I'm just like, and then GH is just, it's the bomb. Like Ava Jerome, Maura West, on episode, yesterday's episode, when she told Esme, bitch, you're going to jail. <laughs> she said, I don't care. Did you hear me? Press the press them motherfucking charges. You're going to jail, bitch. <laughs> when so, she said uh, to Dante, she said, Oh, so about a year? Oh, Esme can do that. Press them charges. Well, she said, Esme can do that standing on her head. <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, More than the fucking Wes played that moment so well. I'm just and like, her and Jeannie Francis were good in scenes too. Yeah, Those were good. It's good. When um, Laura was like, She has a baby, Ava. And Ava was like, Okay. Okay. And. and? <laughs> She's, She's still, like, I'm she not that heartless, it. Laura. And I loved how she named it. This bitch drugged Trina. Yeah. This bitch taped Cameron and Jocelyn and put it all over the internet. This bitch framed Trina for it, put her through hell. And you want me to drop the charges on her because she won't get her little memories back? <laughs> no, I don't care. And this is what the Sabrina fans have been screaming about is that how do you give this girl amnesia and you want to sweep all her shit under the rug as if she didn't do anything? And I'm and Chris and Dale was like, wait, okay, we heard you. 
we're going to we're going to rectify that. And I, I'm like, that's just what I want to see. And I'm, I'm loving it. Like, this is like pre-pandemic. Chris and Dan, when they came back, we were like, oh, we've had this long break. It wasn't a break. They were on strike fighting for their lives. So maybe this fighting for their lives was like, okay, we need to do better. So I'm loving what I see right now. And then, Rodrigo, before we go to Tiggs, what did you think of Lucy, Scotty, Laura, and Kevin, oh, Bobby, and also yes. um, Sonny and Carly as well? I loved how it was revealed. You know, Laura got the call. You know, it was so true to life. You know, they're doing, like, regular shit, meeting for dinner, and Scott and Lucy are plotting how to get Scott to marry Tracy, which, I, I mean, I like that. I like that little story. They oh, have it's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. so good. Yeah. Um, so, And then life hits you. You get that call. Everything stops. I just thought the, the way those four played that was just so... So amazing. And the dialogue between Scott and Lucy the other day when Lucy was like, you know, Bobby was, you know, she was a prostitute, became this nurse, and everybody forgave her for everything she did. And oh, why couldn't I, I get that. the same? I said that was so true to life because that's such so something Lucy would say. Because Lucy and Bobby had that historic rivalry between those two. And yes, through the years, it did, you know, they really weren't fighting like that, but still had that. They still had that animosity between each other. They still had, especially Lucy, she's still hanging on to that because in dialogue, they told you Bobby got to be forgiven. And then Lucy's like, what about me? But that's the character of Lucy. She's selfish like that. But at least at the same time, she recognizes herself as a person. I thought that was great. And Scotty's, you know, remembering Bobby and their history and how, I love how uh, Ken Shrine, oh, Ken Shrine is so great. He's like, ah, she brought her brother into town and, and then he just changed my whole, <laughs> changed my whole life. And he did, bringing Luke, in, you know, Bobby brought Luke to town to break up Scotty and, and Laura. And that, you know, the rest was history. So like, I just love how that's playing. And then and Sonny and Carly, okay. I saw all the complaints, you know, whenever you put Sonny and Carly together, especially Laura Wright and Maurice Bernard, you know, it just causes a firestorm. But I felt these scenes made a lot, of, made sense. I love when Sonny and Carly come together as friends and not as husband. I think Laura and Maurice work better in this entity of Sonny and Carly in their lives. Yeah, I was like, I felt so much chemistry between them and those scenes that like I know isn't there when they're supposed to be the couple of the show. Like it right. was so weird. I'm like, this was so intimate. This was so filled with chemistry. I'm like, but y'all and don't have history. this. Yeah. It's chemistry. And the history. <laughs> it's the history. And I saw my Sonny in this because Bobby was in it from the beginning of Sonny and Carly. Bobby was getting in his ass about Carly. Bobby always has something to say about Sonny and Carly's marriage. And how the hell, why are these two together? And, you know, giving and them that's both. that's why I brought up that, like, I love that they took the angle of, that was so realistic, of Lucy and Sonny have both said they wanted one last moment with Bobby to have her kind of forgive them or kind of see how they can move forward. Because they both had 
very odd right. relationships with we Bobby. Did. Remember that scene last year at the nurses ball? Yes. Between Bobby and Sonny at backstage. Bobby still laid into Sonny like, I hate the way you treated my daughter. Yes. But always respected your ass for what you did to this for the Stone Cates memorial. And I'm just like, you know what? That's some real shit because you don't have to like the motherfucker. But you you know what I'm saying? But at least you can you can acknowledge the good that person has done. Even though they treated your daughter bad and whatnot, at least you acknowledge something. And he's still that man is still the, the grandfather of your it's still the father of your grandkids. So it's it was written for me realistically the dialogue thank god these writers are bad the real writers because y'all kept harping about these strike writers being so great and wonderful no you get these real writers bad you got some good young writers up there on that staff some you know that you know and mixing with the vets and they just wrote such it, it's just been so good to see this is great moments great dialogue great scenes great momentum and story uh i hope they can keep this going into february sweeps you know and just keep that going at least i just want six good months give me up to june <laughs> give me at least up to june to enjoy this please because i'm doing it right now and my thing is is my really my complaints about the show actually come from People on social media, I'm just going to be real because, like, you know, I saw the big complaint from this past week was there was no flashbacks during that episode with Liz and Carly and uh, Felicia and Maxie visiting DJ's grave. You didn't need them. You didn't need them. We have gotten flashbacks. We have gotten flashbacks galore. I don't think you needed them in that episode because... They were trying to take a more realistic approach, I felt like, in that episode. And we, I love flashbacks, too. I really do. We don't need them for every day. Because here's what happened. They have shown the Bobby and Felicia flashback of BJ's heart transplant. So, obviously, they were waiting to show that flashback. Um, With Liz's rape... As she brought up to Carly, she said, oh, your mom helped me in some very hard times in my life. We already got that morning after pill flashback during the nurse's ball. So I loved that instead of filling those episodes with nonstop flashbacks, which are obviously being saved up for the memorial, we got time to hear what the characters were going to say. These are only 36 minute episodes. So it's like, sometimes I just want to hear what the people on my oh, screen have to say. Oh, yeah. one more thing please, before you move. Go ahead. Nina, Nina and Sasha. Amazing. Cynthia Watros. And Sophia Good scene. Nina. Good scenes. Yeah. Nina, that is your real daughter. Sasha is your real daughter. Okay, girl. Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> because Sasha's compassion. Because, it, Sasha can't say shit to Nina about nothing. But at the same time, she has compassion for her. She treats her as a human being. And they said it in the dialogue. Even Nina, Sasha's like, you shouldn't even be talking to me. I pretend to be your daughter. You should have never talked to me after that. But you forgave me. And in time, people will do the same for you. I said, God damn it. That's how, you know what I mean? That, that, that's good 
writing. You know what yeah. I mean? So I got to acknowledge that. I got to get kudos to those teams as well. Definitely. Well, Alan, let's go to you. What are you making of General Hospital right now and how the show is paying tribute to Bobby Spencer? Let's start with good. Laura Westworth was great. She's definitely probably going to get nominated for lead actress next year. She might win. It's already a year, so I don't know if she's going to win, but she's definitely going to get nominated for lead actress next year. And I liked it. Will Watson forgiven Michael because that was abusive behavior. Trying to withhold, blackmailing your mother, her mother, so she can pick and choose when they see each other. Abusive. I know there are probably Milo stands listening to this being like, how is that abusive? That is fucking abusive. So shut the fuck up. But yeah, anyway, the funeral, I watched the funeral today and it was pretty good. But my one big problem was Lucas didn't really get to speak a lot. I understand that Carly would get the brunt of it because she's leading lady of the show and she's the one on contract, but Lucas should have gotten to speak at the funeral and he should have got a little bit more time at least. A little bit. And circling back to last week when it got so Twitter upset with Drew going getting all up in Nina's face, baring his teeth and be like, if you were a man, I would, I would hit you. That was gross, and that's why I'm ready. I think it's time for Chris and Anna to go. Jake isn't totally terrible right now, but you know them. By March, it's going to be a shit show, and there's going to be stories that are going to be going on too long, and things will be dropped, like they always do. So why should they get rewarded for being good for two weeks? Yeah. Wow, they just got back from the. Well, I think what just the got back. The Give them a little time. Their, the true test of their return will be that Steve Burton return to see if they do the same. Yes. Old shit That's what I said. At least till Jude. Before you want to go fire people, I, I mean, give him, you know about Rodrigo. I give him to May sweeps. There you at go. least, at May least, sweeps. give him at least a couple. Big look. I know writers have fucked us over. Producers have fucked fans over. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But sometimes, yes, I'm going to give them little rewards because in these days of soap opera, when something is good, I'm going to call it out because, like, I'm going to call it out and not be like, okay, you should have done this a year ago. No, I'm going to call it what's good now because I have no time to go back and be like, well, you should have, should have. No, we don't have time for should have, should have because <laughs> Look at where we are with these four shows right now. So, it for me, I'm going to give some grace because they just got back from the strike break. I'll take some momentum right now because the strike shows, while some stuff was good, it was getting obscenely bad towards the end of the year. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, Tiggs, let's go to you. What are you making of General Hospital and Bobby Spencer's passing? From what I've seen, it's been good. I'm wrapping up last week. I'm on uh, the January 5th episode. I was watching before I, uh, <clears throat> before we started recording. Yeah, it, it hasn't been bad. I know I'm going to love the funeral and everything. I, I love the flashbacks I've seen. Maxie was recast temporarily for no reason. They could have just talked around her until Kirsten Stones came back. Like, those scenes with her and Cody wasn't needed, but I know it's leading to the whole thing with Felicia and stuff, but 
I'm just like, okay. I mean, she's a decent recast, but it's just like sometimes Frank be wasting money. Um, but I mean, and, and even with like, I, I I like Lindsay Hartley as Temp Sam. I wouldn't mind if she's permanent Sam because Kelly Monaco checked out years ago. But it's like, what was the point of recasting Sam for what an episode or for what? Like, y'all could have talked around these characters. That's that's wasting money, but. I mean, it's been fine, yes. The whole thing with Drew, it, that was gross. That was gross. You didn't have that much motherfucking smoke for Victor Cass now. No, I had to call y'all, I'm sorry. But yeah, like, you didn't have that much smoke with Victor Cass now after everything he did to you. But you want to, oh, this is the time you want to stop being a punching bag. And they trying to charge Sam up Boston the sky for that bougie-ass school. You are barely a pop-term father, but you you think you get to make decisions without her about that child? No. But, yeah, from what I've seen, so far, so good. Like I I know it's in character for Lois to be a big mouth, but it kind of annoyed me, and I, I was actually on Olivia's side when she cussed her ass out. Because it's bullshit. You don't know Nina at all. You've never given a fuck about her. And at the end of the day, Sonny didn't need to know. If this is real life, nobody would have known. And I hope Martin loses his law license. Because you went against your client and told some personal information, which was just her reporting a crime. Yeah, she did out of pettiness and spite, but so what? He, learned, he deserves to lose his law license. Act like you scared of Michael, please. And I, I, I am happy that Willow will stand at her ground for now, because she finally has a point of view. And then for Michael to throw her cancer in her face, I'm like, well, girl, this is what you mean. This is what you mean. So, hey. Like, hopefully, you know, things will work out for Nina and stuff like that, because everybody wants to be all mad at her. It's like, Carly walked away unscathed after everything she did to me. Walked away unscathed. So what she wants to get her look back? So, Don't really care about that. But yeah, the stuff with Bobby, uh, so far what I'm seeing is good. I'm going to try to be patient with Chris and Dan, but Rodrigo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We we saw it back in 2020. They be good for the first couple of months, then they go downhill. They may be fine until about March or April, and it's going to go downhill. I'm tired of giving them chances. I'm tired. It's two of you motherfuckers, and y'all can't get nothing right. So we going to see. <laughs> my, no, my y'all know my my patients have been thin with these soaps. I can't take it no more. The minute they piss me off, I'm tuning out for two, two three months. I'm tired. I'm I'm over trying to struggle and just trying to and look for small beacons of light through all this bullshit. I'm tired of. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens on GH. Um, but meanwhile, let's also look over at the bold and the beautiful. Okay, so we're trying to make it through the episode, Rodrigo. Okay. <laughs> so as B&B came to a close, uh, Aiden Bradley returned as uh, Xander Avant 
right? Is that the character's name? I don't know. And uh, the bold and the beautiful has worked back in the death of Emma, played by Nia Sue from a few years ago. As Thomas and Hope get closer, um, and yeah, so okay, B and B's on. Rodrigo, well, look. Just hurry up, y'all, so we can. This is what I do. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start with the good, the bad. I, you know, they be start good, but both of you. The black folks are shaking up the table on the bold and beautiful. <laughs> Xander and Zenday said, we going to fuck some shit up here at Forced Creations. And I'm all here for it. I'm here for this aspect of the show. Because I did not think Brad was going to revisit this Emma uh, story because Casey Kaepernick and Matt and, and uh, what's his name that plays Thomas? We're on live talking about Emma didn't kill, uh, Thomas did not kill Emma. When we saw it, our two eyes, that maniac drove on that road and ran that baby off that road and did not help her. Did not help her. And we saw it. It was on screen. So I don't understand these Thomas Forrest fans talking about they're trying Fendi's about his business and Go about his life. Thomas didn't do nothing. They try to they try to destroy his character. No, Thomas's character has been questionable for many years on this show. Many, many, many years. So this is a, this is not anything new. The other thing I like about this show is Finn finally has a brain of his own and he's using it. And it, I don't like is Stephanie is Steffi trying to tell him what to do and turn him back. Into her little, her little uh, hot doctor. She can fucking she can screw in the house and shut up. No, this man is actually interesting for once. I'm actually interested in Fed and his fascination in with getting in people's business and, and wanting to get Thomas. And what I think that I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I like the character. That, like, I think he has balls. He's standing up to Steffi. He said, no, girl. Your brother's a psychopath. And I don't want him near you either. <laughs> so you don't talk about my mama. I'm gonna talk about your damn brother. <laughs> so it's I like that aspect of it. What they could have done differently with this, and I'm gonna shout out my girl Jillian Bo. She came up with this great idea. Uh is why didn't Xander go to Bill about this information so Bill could use his rags? To get on the forces. This is the aspect that has always that's been missed. This is the bad aspect of the show, is that Bill Spencer was not used for Eric's illness, where Bill could have been snooping and being like, What's going on over there, Forrester? Uh, this old this man is dying. What's going on? You could have done that. Or you could have done this with Xander telling Bill, and Bill could investigate that. You could and that could rev up, you know, the Spencer as Forrester robbery again. But yeah, the bad part of this, ooh, that baby that plays RJ Joshua Hoffman, boy, ooh, RJ <laughs> trying to go buck with Zenday, and those were some horrible scenes between him, Luna, and Zenday. That in today's episode, ooh, that damn Luna, she's standing there like she she ain't like 
like that she's that she get all this damn attention and shit. <laughs> then she's playing coy. I don't know what the choices are with this character. What's going on with that? Eric still with this disease that no one knew he had, and he still laid up in the hospital. I'm just he like, still got the disease. He still he laid got up. It. They, 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 I guess they oh, cured him. Something, and he's awake now. He's talking to RJ about not giving up on Luda. At this, <laughs> point, like, just, at this point, he just needs to fucking die. I'm, I'm over. I'm over that aspect. I'm so over that. It's uh, that's the part of the bobby. I'm just like, why do you still have that going on? Where's Deacon? Where's Sheila? What, like you dropped that like a hot potato. We haven't seen them in months. And you kept saying the finna kill Sheila, kill Sheila. She dangerous. She dangerous. We, we ain't seen her. <laughs> and Steffi left town for no reason. <laughs> and they came back and then popped her in the mouth and then we ain't seen Sheila since then. I'm like, okay, what happened to that? Um, bold, I mean, mm, I keep wanting to, you know, I'm still hanging in there because I like the Zenday thing because he ain't like what's going on and he's, he's calling people out. He's going up on Ridge. He's going up. I like that. This Emma thing, I hope Thomas gets the, the book thrown at him. I hope I want to see a trial. I want to see ramifications for this motherfucker because it, he's sitting there talking about, I'm cured, I'm changed, I've changed, I'm changed. You had one session with Taylor, <laughs> which was unethical. At, but, uh, anyway, uh, that's your mama. Um, and you think you're cured and you have changed. This whole Thomas and, and the whole thing is weird. And then you know, yeah, they have chemistry, but it's 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 weird. It's playing off weird. One minute Hope is, you know, acting like she is disgusted, and the next minute she, her legs are up in the air in the office. And can they do something else? Can they get a bedroom set? Enough of the office fucking. Like, okay, we get it. Like enough of that shit. Like get a, a bedroom set. Like y'all so cheap that you keep having fucking in the office. I'm like. That's it's just weird. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I'm glad people are calling out. It's weird. Like, like Ridge the other day saying, "Let them be." I'm like, really, Ridge? <laughs> Let them be. Okay. And then making Brooke sound like she's crazy because she has a problem with it. And Liam has. I'm just like, it's just a hot mess. That's the part of the show I hate. Is that part of the show? It's it's. Oh, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. But I watched this show for this podcast. That's it, it's, it's all. It's the only reason I watched this show. So you guys don't have to watch it. <laughs> oh goodness! But yeah, I just shit. Anybody else got anything else to say about BNB? I mean, Rodrigo, you got <laughs> uh, Alan, you got something to say, baby? Go ahead. Well, Xander returning is random as hell because we all thought it was never going to be mentioned again. Hopefully, it comes out like Liam is behind this. He's the one who who set up freaking Xandra's like go go to Finn, tell him about all this crazy shit that Thomas did, and that'd actually be a good villainous turn for Liam. He's he's always been a villain, but if they actually played him as an outright villain, not just a villain with a good guy from the year, that'd be amazing. Because imagine if he's behind this, that'd be great because he would get rid of his two rivals. Thomas and Finn, because Liam knows that if if Finn tried to get Thomas out to prison, Steffi would divorce his ass. And it would 
and take care of his two problems. He'd have both women back on the line. He could be supporting them. Oh, how could these mean men do this to you? Oh, while he's trying to suck on their titties. So yeah, if that happens, I will give Brad Bell credit for that. I don't know if that's going to happen or if it's going to be like Sheila's minded. Yeah, if this could be good, but or could it could just be a dud, another dud. Because it is random as hell. Yeah. Tiggs, what about you? You got anything to say about B&B? It's wonderful that it's still on the air. Okay. You know, me and my boyfriend were just up in arms last week because you know Caroline's died. Yeah. He on Caroline's death, child, so they Let me work. tell you something, Rodrigo. He in 1990, after only watching that show for like six months, this motherfucker. <laughs> He and his man will watch like eight episodes in one sitting. Like it's fucking crazy, you all. Like <laughs> they gonna be they gonna be all caught up here ne- by next week. Shit. Yeah, take still in the Reagan administration of both of you. So he ain't he ain't trying to worry about this. This no, he's in the book. No, he's in Bush. He's in Bush era now. So he's not worried about Biden, bold and beautiful <laughs> right now. So it's okay, Jigs. He's like, I'll stop when I get to Obama's first term. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Oh, shit. I already told my boy, I'm like, look, now, we'll say because, you know, they just be putting random episodes up. I think they still put up episodes from 95 and like 2013 and stuff like that. They go back and forth with uploading episodes. I told my baby, my look, now we get to around 2009. I'm done. All right. I'll tell you what, we, you we, make make... Skip ahead. we make a skip ahead till the Avon's come. <laughs> oh, and I know he's gonna want to see Stephanie die. We can watch Stephanie's death and the Avon. Other than that, mm-hmm. he's gonna say Stephanie's death is the series finale. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, God, oh, Jesus, but yeah, I, I don't watch BNB, um, because of the fuckery they do over there. Um, so like. We didn't ask for Xander Avant. The only Avant we've ever wanted back was Maya. So, um, yeah. Um, and also, like, this should have all been with Justin. Like, I, I don't understand why this yeah, is. That's all this thing. Where is um, Justin Bobber? Like, just, that's the one that actually kidnapped Thomas and put him in the cage for. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that man? Like, why? He should get involved. That's why I felt like Xander should have gone to Bill and Bill would have gone to Justin and been like, what's going on? No, I don't know. Like, I don't know Aaron Spears's, you know, standing with the show, but that's when you can just go out and get um, the guy who played Andre on General Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. um, Anthony Montgomery, get him on this in that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good. That's an easy fix. I mean, both you, y'all quick to recast. So like, recast as well. And yeah, just, just in it. I don't know. Ever since he told us all to think about the buildings, you know where he's at. But yeah. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the young and the restless. There's a lot going on there, um, especially over 
December, we saw Jordan's final revenge plan as we know it for now. I don't think they're quite done with Colleen Zhang. Um, but we saw that unfold. We have Claire in Genoa City. We have Ashley and Cole have finally come face to face. There's rumors that Ashley might be going crazy again. Um, there's a lot going on in Genoa City already. So, uh, Alan, let's go to you. What do you think of The Young and the Restless as we get further into 2024? The Claire story is great. Still loving that. Hopefully they don't have people forgive Claire too quickly because I don't want Victor to be cool with her until at least next year. Because the woman did fucking stick an IV of vodka in his wife. So, granddaughter or not, you should not be warm to her at all for at least a year. Yeah, yeah it makes sense that Victoria is so compassionate to Claire because that's her baby and Claire was wanted. And she feels guilt about that. I'm liking the playing those beats. And Claire doesn't want to steal him because she's like, she's a monster. But yeah, that's the good part of the show. Everything else, the Tucker story, he needs to die. He needs to do a fucking murder mystery. A three month murder mystery with at least 10 suspects. Let's just get it over with. We don't need her for St. John. That contract spot can go to either J.D. Peck or Recast Reed or even Charlie and Maddie. So, Alan, um, speaking of Tucker, do you think Ashley's going crazy again? It's been the hot speculation on Twitter lately. Well, if she went crazy and killed him, I'd love that. Because I did not want to serve St. John ever again on a soap opera. He's lazy. He's not less talented. He's, he can't be talented when he cares, but usually he doesn't care, so he can go. <laughs> All righty. And then, uh, Rodrigo, kind of the question I proposed in our chat when we were discussing hot topics and what to bring up tonight was how can Josh get so much right when it comes to the Newmans and then the rest just kind of falls apart. It's like two different shows sometimes. What are your thoughts? Well, I I tweeted today, I'm I'm hanging on to my life with this Claire storyline because I feel like Josh threw so many eggs in one basket. Now the story's kind of losing momentum for me because it's the only watchable storyline on the show. This is a story that's and the rest of the show is hanging by a thread because I don't care about the rest of the show because nothing is interesting to me. The old, yeah, Claire Gray storyline is interesting. It incorporates the Newmans and history, and you have Cole back in the fold, and you could play a lot with that. But I think Josh did so much in two months that I was like, we've got to slow down a little bit. <laughs> and move on to the next beat of the story and keep the longevity going. But the rest of the show, I this Tucker, I, yeah, he's got to die. I'm like, every time I see him on my screen, I'm like, why is Travis Lane John still here? Why haven't they killed this character off? When is this murder mystery happening? Because they built it up where you already, yeah, you already have at least 10 suspects that want this man out of town and like hate this man and this man has wronged so many people and, and whatnot, but you don't, you have done a whole year of Tucker's going to do something and nothing has happened. And they finally 
you know, reveal the story of him and the the the, the girl, the underage girl that was raped by the uh, by the singer and the, and the recording. Con- I'm like, okay, and Kyle punches him and. Now he's like, oh, I'm, you know, you're on my list. I'm like, okay, girl, bye. Uh, let's move this along. Move it along. Like, it's, it's, it's nothing to see here. Nothing is here. I'm like, what else is going on? Um, the others, like, had the whole Daniel and he- like Heather can go. She's boring as fuck. I don't care. She's Paul's daughter or whatnot. I don't care. She's a boring character. They don't, have, they don't do anything with this girl. Lucy can go, I mean, and Daniel, I, I don't care. I do not care. That's so boring. Like, they have nothing for Daniel. Like, because Chris could live. She's on her return. I get it. But you didn't set anything up for her to be gone. Like, now Daniel's going to, like, easily fall into bed with Heather. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and then the problem with this show is where are the young in the ring and the restless? There are no young characters on this show. Like, where are the twins? Where are the aged uh, Christian and, and um, uh, Johnny and uh, the other boy? Uh, Jesus. Yes. And then um, Katie, where are they? Where are they? Where is the next generation? Like, y'all sent them to boarding school. Usually in the Bill Bell world, the young and the restless, they go to boarding school, and then six months later, they're 17, 18 years old. Like, where, what, what's going on? What is going, like, there's no young and young and the restless. And that's the part, like, you can't get, the Claire storyline is going to get you far. If you don't have anything else to back it up, you're just a one-trick pony. I'm just like, right now the show is a one-trick pony for me. And there's so much you could, like, they're not going to save you for long, Josh. Like, we need long-term story. Like, where are the other storylines? That's my issue with the show. Where's everything else? So, Rodrigo, before we move on to Tiggs, let me ask you this. Um, what did you also think of Sharon's standalone episode? Unnecessary. And I love Sharon Case. I love Sharon. You could have saved that for her real her anniversary. Her, she, her 30th is next year, Josh. Like you had to put this in in the end of the year. Well, no, thirtieth is this September. Oh, thirtieth, thirtieth. Yeah, it's next year. Yeah. Well, I'm oh, two thousand. Girl, it's now? this September. We are it's in two thousand. Where's the New Year's Eve? I be forget shit. Whatever. Yeah. Oh my god. This September, you could have saved it for this, like save that. Like it, I thought it was unnecessary. I get it. I mean, of course, Sharon Case was good, but like, hmm, it was there. Beautiful gowns. Um, to me it was just like oh it's the beginning of a brand new year this is one of our first episodes of the year we have nothing to do (laughs) it was was we didn't need it it was like we know she's the queen we get it but like you could save that for our real anniversary we know she's the queen but show me that in actual give her a story like right now give her a story I want Shit. Nick and Sharon's anniversaries this year as well. She told Nick, I mean, her and Chance are over. Nick and um, Sally are over. 
get them back together and go on somewhere, like get them, you know what I'm saying? Like it's enough. Do not try, like that's what you do for their anniversary for both of them, for Josh and for Sharon, like do that. Exactly. Um, so takes, let's go to you. What are your thoughts on Young and Restless at the moment? Um, I believe I'm like a week behind, but yeah, the Claire stuff has been great. Yeah, I think I left off on the New Year's Eve episode when Michael and Lord renewed their vows for the 40th time because they had like they can't give Christian LeBlanc and Tracy Bregman anything else to do but make Google guys that each other is 60 years old. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the rest of the show was just the yeah. Tucker can go by. Yeah, like y'all know I adore the Queen, but what was the point to give Sharon a standalone episode? Her anniversary is later this year. And if you're going to give me a standalone episode, let it drive story, let it advance, let it. Get us somewhere. Um, yeah, Tuck Tucker, yeah, please. It's about fifteen motherfuckers. The whole damn camera told that motherfucker. Hell, Lil Dominic told me the other day he want his granddaddy gone. Everybody want that motherfucker. Little baby Arya says she ready to get the Glock on his ass. So it's just like let, 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 let's wrap this up. Like like we all were saying, like Tucker's been back for over a year now, and. Everybody's supposed to be scared of Big Bad Tucker McCall. What is Tucker going to do this time? Like, he shouldn't even be a blip on the radar. Like, why would Jack be so scared of him, like, taking over Jabot? It wouldn't be that easy in the first goddamn place. Like, hey, what are we doing here? So, yeah. I, I don't know. And like you said, Rodrigo, Josh and put his eggs, too many eggs in one basket. One story can't carry the whole damn show. It ain't like this is bold. Like, with bold, bold is only on for 30 minutes. So, if bold got a great A story, yes, we want B and C stories out of bold. But if it's a great A story, you know, they got 20 minutes to play with every day, or 19 minutes every day. So, okay. Y'all got 36. So, I don't know, child. Maybe, maybe Josh has some ginkgo biloba over the holidays. He's going to give us some decent story, but I don't know. And you're like, they need to get. Daniel away from heaven. Like, throw her in Adam's direction. Why hadn't she crossed paths with Adam yet? I think the old woman actually have chemistry with Mark Grossman. It'd be better than him panting after Sally like he'd been for the last year and a half. Because her and Daniel, baby, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Either get her in the direction of Adam or bring Melissa Archer on as Daisy. Like, pick one or the other. You've got to spice it up a little bit. Because what's going to happen, and I freaking hate this, is when this all comes back to Lily, Lily is once again getting a man who isn't devoted to her, and she's not going to stick up for herself because they love to write Lily strong unless she loses her man, and then she whines about it, and then she doesn't confront the woman. Like, you know, with Chelsea, it was, oh, my God, Chelsea tried to kill herself, so I have to be nice. And with Heather, it's going to be like, oh, my God, Heather has Lucy Daniel's daughter. I have to be nice. I'm sick of that shit. You're trying to steal my man after you didn't fucking want him. And the only reason you want him is because he has this penthouse and this company because I made him a better man. Like, that's bullshit to me. I'm like, like, you're not even you don't act like Priscilla, but Priscilla Barber's daughter. You don't give me Drusilla. The Drusilla daughter that I know would have 
read that bitch her rights a long time Lily ago. Lily got to grab that woman by her, <laughs> her fake ass extensions. Say, oh, I know what the fuck you're doing. I see right through your ass. I've been through bitches like you before. Tell me, what, you think you're going to get my man? And that was my husband first, bitch. That's my, was mine first. Don't mm -hmm. forget. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, I was on the run with him. <laughs> what were you yeah. doing? <laughs> what were you doing besides playing, you know, played by your fifth recast, Heather? Like, oh. I would lay in to Heather, but we're not going to do that. She's going to be very whiny. And I just, I don't know. It's like one great story can't carry the show. Like Rodrigo and Tig said, too many eggs in one basket. It's like... This just, it doesn't work like that. It, everybody, you know, when soaps are really good, I can forgive if you've got one story that can't live up to everything else. Like, that's fine with me. But one story lives up and then your other six stories suck. Like, that doesn't work. It's got to be the reverse. It's got to be for six good stories, one bad story, you know? It's just, this is just a mess. It's not doing it for me. But what is doing it for me is Melody Thomas Scott and Eric Braden. That, I mean, they're showing still all these months later while they're, why they are the anchors of The Young and the Restless. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I love it, but they can't carry the show forever, too, though. They can't. We all gotta get someone else to help about because, like, it's, well, you have the melody top. She is carrying. But Eric Braden is still carrying. He don't want to leave that Newman set for nothing. He, he said, "I'm still standing." <laughs> so, like, literally, literally, he's still, he's still like, but you, I gotta do something. I just need more younger character. We need to focus yeah. more on the younger because, yeah, it's too much history of this show not to get the younger characters back on this campus. Yes. Um, so anyway, that brings us into our final topic of the night, which is, of course, the primetime chat. And we are gearing up uh, in February and throughout the spring to see a lot of favorite primetime shows return. Uh, so, Rodrigo, what show are you most looking forward to in its return? What's on your radar? Um, of course, you know, Abbott Elementary, um, I cannot wait for that show to get back. I need, I need some comedy in my life. Um, and the promos for that has me so excited for that coming back. Um, right now I'm playing a little bit of catch up with shows that came back after the strike or a little bit, yeah, a little bit after the strike. So I'm on season two of The Gilded Age on HBO Max. Um, which is freaking amazing. Um, great character driven like story. It's you know, for those that don't know, it takes place during the Gilded Age of of America in uh, in New York. So they, they have based in Manhattan and in Brooklyn with a, and there's a black family in Brooklyn and 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 like it's you get their perspective of how life was for the Gilded Age and and you got the, the Russells, they are the they want respectability, especially that damn Bertha Russell played by Carrie Coon, who's this freaking amazing. Uh, uh, great cast, Christine Baranski and 
Audrey McDonald and uh, my girl Miranda from Sex and City. What's her name? Oh, shit. Um, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Cynthia Nixon is in there. You better you got- shake up. You, you, best <laughs> you need your <laughs> gay card revoked. That is a I know, I know. I'm sorry, Cynthia, girl. And mm. you, got, uh, you have Louisa Jacobson, who is the daughter of Meryl Streep. Uh, so it's not just Mamie Gubbard. She got another daughter, Louisa, uh, doing her thing. Uh, um, so it's a good cast. Um, other shows I've found, like found on NBC is great. Um, but the ones that are coming back, like, oh, like the Law and Order, like, the, you know, all the Law and Orders, I'm still into that stuff. SUV, SVU in his 25th year. Um, yeah, those type of shows. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to those type of shows coming back and like, my reality shows, of course. You know, I'm still with the Housewives. All of them. <laughs> I'm still with my Housewives. I'm, you know, Salt Lake City. If you're not watching Salt Lake City, baby, you're missing out. So, <laughs> so I'm very happy with like what's coming up and what I'm watching right now. Nice. Well, for me, I mean, come on, you all know me too well. I'm of course looking. The most forward to Grey's Anatomy. It's their 20th anniversary season, so I'm very, very excited. Um, Hacks, finally we get our show back uh, this spring. Um, Abbott Elementary is always a good time. Unfortunately, I have to look a long time before Sex in the City comes back because that's not until 2025, so my whole life's been ruined. Um but yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are so ready to come back. And, you know, we'll get a double dose of these shows uh, this year because they'll have these really short seasons, but then they're all going to return to normal scheduling in September. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but Alan, what about you? You looking forward to any of our primetime shows this year? I have three. Raise the Anatomy because... Alex Landy's back on set. He posted a selfie on Instagram, so they're bringing him back. So, his last season, he wasn't there. They decided, they decided oh, we hired new agents. We don't need you anymore. Bye. Oh my God. You better stop. <laughs> they brought him back, so that's good. Second, I'm looking forward to 911 because if Dean and Bobby are going to go on a cruise, and it's going to be a disaster because they always have a disaster sort of season. Third one, the Good Wife spinoff, Elizabeth, on CBS. Because that show looks like it's going to be great, and I love that character. Yeah, I hear a lot of people are looking forward to that. And, like, the reviews already seem really good, so it seems like it's going to hit the ground running. Um, Tiggs, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Hacks, season 20 of Grey's, and thank you for reminding me of Alan, I'm so ready for Elsbeth because I I had uh, did a rewatch of the Good Watch with my boyfriend and I got him into it, so we're both excited about that. Um, I think well, of course, Abbott Elementary, um, uh, the Connors. I'm probably the only one to watch, but I like the Connors. They were mm-hmm. really they were really able to bounce back after Romance. It's still the same show; she just did. But um, oh my God. <laughs> That's the way you said that cracks me up. Uh, I mean, shit. You're not but, wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same slope. Just Roseanne out there. But um, like, 
yeah, those only four I'm really looking forward to. Y'all know me, I ain't real big on like current TV because I just don't want to get invested in the shows when they cancel it because it's a lot of that, especially with these streaming shows. Like, that's why we were always, you know, afraid about hacks and stuff. Because it's just like, you see all the horrible decisions Warner Brothers has been making the last couple of years. So I'm just like, I... I well, shoot, I feel bad for Chaz because, you know, Chaz is a huge fan of Julia and they just canceled that. So... Yeah, it's just... Who sees it? Yeah, I, I just... That's why I said I, I get so, you know, hesitant about getting to a new show because it's just like, okay, I get into it and then, oh, yay. Two seasons later, it comes to X. So yeah. I may try to get some more newer shows. At least one that's been on for a couple of seasons. And, you know, I just don't want to get invested in left hey. And that's what they seem to do a lot with these shows. I know they can't help. It. I mean, because why they can't? Help well, I mean, just because you think it's amazing doesn't mean everybody's watching. That's why it gets canceled because nobody's watching. They're not going to just take a show that has thirty million viewers and cancel it. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, people. Well, and also, I feel like, you know, a lot of these networks are still very old school. Like, I never finished the first season of Promised Land, but I didn't understand taking it off of ABC. You move it on to Hulu, and you didn't at least give it a second season. It's like, why not just move it and then cut it from 13 episodes to eight episodes? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's crazy to me. Like, there's no investment across the board. That, it, Like, I totally agree with you, Tiggs. I really don't get involved in a lot of newer television a lot of times because you're never going to have the longevity of a Grey's Anatomy or SVU ever again. That There's nothing that's going to come on the air tomorrow and last 20 years. Ever. Well, the Upshaw, too, I, I'm, I'm excited that the Upshaw is coming back. Love oh, I didn't know that was still on. Yeah. That's a cute little show. I watched a few of the first season episodes of that. What I like about it is that it's it's a black sitcom. It kind of it's kind of reminiscent of the nineties, but it's actually but, funny. Yeah, it's funny and it's and it's more you know modern. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah you know Tyler Perry has his sitcoms and those those sitcoms on Bounce uh -huh. TV, and they just Rob Rico as a black person. You know what I'm trying to say? They just don't don't get you. Like 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 the, the different worlds and, and, and the Martins and the living singles used to back in the day. But the Upshaws, you know, Regina Hicks and, and Wanda Sykes and Mark Mike Epps and and, and and Kim Fields, they get it. They get it. So I wish we had more sitcoms like that. Thank God for Abbott Elementary. But it's just like I, I just get so sick of these like, you know, oh let's crank out 65 episodes of this sitcom in like six months and then let it air the course of four years you know all that bullshit it's just very it's, it's like going to like sam's club or costco and getting something wholesale <laughs> you know or kind of like the episode of golden girls where sophia was obsessed with the um shoppers warehouse and she bought about thirty thousand uh toothbrushes and shit like that it is it's quantity over quality that's what I'm trying to say. No, it totally is. Yeah, yeah. Like Tyler Perry, he could put out a uh, 178 episodes of The House Pain, and only about four of them episodes are actually worth a damn thing because he shot them all at his studio in a six month period, and now he got enough episodes to, to span over six years. Like I, uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh Lord. 
Well, in the meantime, we'll see how everything ends up on TV this spring. Um, but Tiggs, where can our listeners find you on Twitter? The Bim Master Part 2. Awesome. Alan, what about you, my dear? You can follow me on House Rapa. And Rodrigo, what about yourself? You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. Wonderful. You can find me underscore case 1999. You can find our show on Twitter at the chat underscore podcast. And you can also find our show on Facebook at the chat show podcast. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye, y'all. Hey. Thank you.